Hey, business building warrior. This is Jim, another episode of Silent Sales Machine Radio. I've got a guest for you today and we turned on the cameras, which means if you want to check us out on YouTube, if you're listening right now, you can see a link right below in the description for this episode and you can go watch us. Although it's just two guys hanging out talking to microphones, so nothing too exciting. But if you're listening on whatever podcast app you're normally using, hey, we'd sure appreciate you leaving us a review or feedback after you've checked out the episode today. That really tells us that you like what we're doing and you want more of it. So with that being said, let's get into a little bit of an introduction about who Tom is. He's our guest today. He's got advanced degrees in education. He works with special needs kids. He's got a big heart and he's doing some really good work. But with the pandemic hitting a little over a year or so ago, or coming up on a year ago, I should say, he lost his position and he was kind of out on his own trying to figure out how to pay the bills, continue to do the work he'd been trained to do, working with special needs kids on the spectrum, helping them with developing life skills. It's not a way to get rich for sure. But he was able to find a few clients, but he needed something else to enhance his income. And he discovered our community. He discovered selling on Amazon. He jumped into the replens model. And just a few months in, he's built a pretty robust business. Now, this is one of those episodes that we like to mix in where it's not necessarily a big, you know, multiple seven-figure, multiple six-figure kind of business model that's just exploded. This is someone who's still finding his way. He's fairly new to the Amazon replens model, which you hear us talk about so much on this show. I would say about 90% of the success story episodes that you hear on this show in the last two years have been replens sellers. We've actually got several hundred recent success posts in our free Facebook group at silentgym.com. You'll find a link to that and you can see them for yourself. And they're all talking about the vast majority of them anyway, 90% plus are talking about how they started with the replens model. That's what Tom's using. So he's got about 65 products that he's been able to find in a few short months. We did the math. He's making about $250 per hour net profit in his business right now. Working about 10 hours a month right now, very, very much a part-time thing for him because again, his true passion and his true vocation is assisting special needs kids and families with his advanced education degree. That's what he's good at, but he's mixing in Amazon. He has a really cool long-term vision too, to kind of combine those two worlds, maybe hire some of these very meticulous and talented special needs kids to get in and maybe do some of the packaging and the bagging, some of the products that he's interested in. He talks about one of the products he found and he kind of got ahead of himself and bought too much of it, but that may still turn into opportunity for him in his Amazon business. So we had a lot of fun kind of bouncing around several different topics. Towards the end, I spent some time kind of coaching him and encouraging him on maybe becoming an expert and a content creator to help his dream expand beyond where it is now in both the Amazon and teaching vocations to special needs kids. So I think you'll enjoy today's episode. A little different, different stage seller. If you enjoy hearing from sellers who are only two, three, four months into their journey, we'll do more of that. Let me know because we've certainly got an entire spectrum of students to draw from. Having taught 7,000 coaching students at this point, can't believe it, but about 17 years, we've taught over 7,000 coaching students through our coaching program. And actually, Tom today said he's getting ready to jump into our coaching too. He's not a coaching student yet. All he's done so far is prove an Amazon course, by the way. 
But with that large spectrum of students to draw from and people to talk to, tens of thousands of people taking our courses, coaching, consulting, there's just so many great success stories we can draw from. If you like the one today where we're kind of talking about someone who's new, let me know. If you prefer the more advanced people have been in it a few years and they've got the seven-figure businesses, if you want more of those, let us know. This really is your show. Tell us where you want it to go. You'd be surprised even with, I think we had 60,000 downloads in the last 30 days, something like that. It was at least 16, maybe 62,000, something like that. That's a lot of people listening to this show and listening to episodes, but you'd be surprised how many people take a moment to write and actually tell us what it is they think about the program. We love to hear from people who say, hey, you should do more of this, less of that. It would really serve us well. Or here's a question I have I'd like you to address. We'd love to get that. I only get a few of those a week, believe it or not. So send us a message. Jim Cochram at Gmail is a straight email straight to me. Or go to silentgym.com. You'll see the link to contact us, send something to our support team. And you probably get a little faster answer that way. But I do see all my own email. I go through it or I get you going where you need to go if I have to forward you to our team. But with all that introduction being said, let's jump over and meet Mr. Tom Bishop. You're going to enjoy this episode. And thanks for hanging out with us a little bit today. So Tom, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for having me, Jim. Happy, happy to be here. Great to see you, man. Looking forward to getting to know you along with the listeners today. So let's get right into your story. Okay. All right. So before I uh, discovered e-commerce or had any kind of uh, thinking about selling anything or doing any kind of business, I've been uh, a teacher, a special ed teacher for about 10 years now. It's been a long ride. Long, uh, it's been interesting, to say the least. Uh, worked my way up from, you know, I started at the lowest level of a teaching assistant, went, got my master's uh, in education was a teacher for about five years, went and got my second master's. So now I'm what uh, is called a behavior analyst. Uh, nobody really knows what that is when I say it. So I just usually just say I'm a special ed teacher, but uh, it's a little bit higher up. We do, uh, we work with, uh, you know, mostly individuals on the autism spectrum and uh, it's good work. It's a great thing. The uh, What age, what age range you typically work with? Uh, I started off in a preschool, finished off in a school. Uh, I had a class with uh, 14 to 17 year olds. So I've been everywhere from three year olds up to almost 20 year olds. I had a, you, a wide range of experience for sure. It's, uh, it's been an interesting trip to say the well, least. With, um, without knowing anything else about you, I would imagine you're a patient person with a, uh, with a big heart because, man, that's God's work. We got a couple, you know, not necessarily on the spectrum, a couple special needs kiddos in our family. You know, we've, we've been through some, some things and just the people who've kind of stepped in even professionally, even though you're getting paid, you still got to have a special heart to deal with some of those. Just, you know, it's people who are kind of on the edges of normal, whatever that is. Yeah, and, it doesn't uh, exist. You know, yeah, exactly. We've learned that. Trust <laughs> it's me. It's funny. You, you learn those lessons that, you know, there's really no such thing as normal. And, you know, just mm -hmm. being a part of the special needs community has been, you know, a fantastic journey. It's been, uh, yeah. You meet some of the great, so, you know, the students and even individuals that I meet are some of the, mm -hmm. you know, most creative, wonderful people that you get in touch with and yeah. their families and the people that I work with are just, you know, all around. I love that you people. mentioned their families. You know, that's one of the things that stood out to my wife and I, even when we were, when we were dating, we talked about, Hey, you know, what would be cool? Like, you know, if we get married someday, we're just kind of at that stage where we're talking about, like, we should adopt, like maybe even like special needs because we, we looked at all these families that had that element. They were just the coolest people. Like there's something that polishes the rough edges off a family. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Go, they get, you, get, you get a lot closer. You go through, you know, you, you, your ups are a lot higher and your downs are a little bit lower. And mm -hmm. I think it just brings everybody together closer. Yeah, there's a unit and, there. And, it's hard to replicate. 
Yeah, yeah. and even outside of the families, the community as a whole, everybody's always yeah. ready to help everybody else out. It's it's really uh, it's I'm happy that you know uh, my life has brought me in that direction for sure. That's great. Well, I, I I know a little. I feel like I know a little bit more about who I'm dealing with just from the conversation so far. So all right, man, let, let's get back to e-commerce. Right. Yeah. So the, when we get around topic, to e-commerce, yeah. so. Uh, I, like I said, I finished up uh, school, did all my hours and became a behavior analyst. And, you know, it was time to move on. I was working at uh, this one school here on uh, in Staten Island, New York, uh, for about eight years. And they didn't have a position for me. So I had to, you know, leave the place I was comfortable with and move out into a whole new world. And that was on March 1st, 2020. And about two weeks okay. later, the world shut down. <laughs> so, wow, good timing. Yeah, it was, it was terrible timing. So... Uh, after that, trying to find a new job and kind of spread out professionally in that direction, things got real slow, real quick. <laughs> but, you know, actually, in the long run, it led me here, which is going to lead me to more opportunities, you know, in the future that I will get onto later on in the conversation. But so for about a year, I was just scraping around trying to get any hours that I could work. Basically, went into business for myself, doing the behavior analyst stuff, taking individual cases. I was working for like, maybe 10, 15 hours a week if I could get that. And so and I realized also too, it fluctuates. Sometimes I get a lot of hours. Sometimes like a couple of months and I'll have no hours. So uh, it was like, okay, I got to find some way to generate some you know, backup income and kind of have a plan for when things are slow and when things are quick. So I lost some money in the stock market, uh, was looking for other opportunities and realized, you know, what I really need to do is put some money into a business. You know, if I can have a business, that, you know, in the long run, I could have somebody else operate or, you know, have time to do myself. That's probably the best way to invest the, you know, the money that I do make, the extra money that I have left over. So uh, at that point with Amazon and e-commerce, really, the only exposure that I've had to it was just like Facebook ads and all this stuff that made it look like a scam, you know, guys in Lamborghinis and, you know, give me a couple thousand dollars of your money and you can be this. And I was kind of turned off by it. But, I, but at the same time, I knew that there was people, you know, out there making money doing this. So I did a little research, was looking for uh, courses, things that I could do to um, learn more about the business. And uh, the first thing that caught my eye was the Proven Amazon course. I saw it was, you know, the most modestly priced. And, you know, from what I could tell, it seemed like real deal. And, you know, I figured, okay, I'll give this a shot. And a couple of months, you know, $30 a month, if it doesn't work out, then, you know, at most I lost, you know, $100, maybe $200 tops. So ran with that. And also, okay, so... The other thing that got me interested in it that I am lacking to mention was, you know, the cardinal mistake that I made at the beginning of my e-commerce career. Uh, working with uh, individuals with autism, I had and just a lot of kids in general. I'm sure you've seen uh, those little uh, those little popper toys. They're like a circle, and they have a bunch of little buttons in them that you pop. Oh, maybe, yeah, yeah. maybe, maybe not. They're, yeah, they're like no, um, they I know, you're like now. like real kinetic kind of like keep your hands busy kind yeah, of toy. Actually, do I have one sitting around? I probably have one within arm's reach, but I don't see it right now. But um, so it was like, it's that they have these little bean poppers. I was just noticing that, you know, all of my students and every student that I came across was um, had one of these toys. And I'm like, you know what, man, maybe I could, you know, make some money selling these. I'll try this out. And uh, so I got the pack course just to, you know, get familiar with Amazon and how to do it and made the mistake of, you know, I ordered like 500 of them from China and got all these toys that came in, which are still sitting in my closet because I got online, realized the whole brand registry process. And, you know, when you order them from China, you can't sell them without a brand. I actually sent in, well, I think like maybe 50 of them because I jumped on a listing that I thought I could jump on and immediately got hit with the IP complaint. And uh, luckily, 
was able was able to uh, send an email out and they got rid of the IP complaint and I removed all the inventory. Now, but um, that. well, let me yeah, pause so, you for just a second there, yeah, Tom, in case we got a new listener because <laughs> while this is the fifteen hundredth time I've heard a similar story, <laughs> this may be someone's first time. Like, oh, cool! Oh, he sold a bunch of those cool toys. No, I crash and burn. That happens. 95% of the time when new sellers say, oh, I've got a new great hot product. I'm going to sell this on Amazon. I listened to the videos on YouTube about how to launch a product, bought some software, whatever. It doesn't matter how much work or energy you put into it. If you're brand new to e-commerce, you got about a 95% chance of having a store just like Tom's. where It's all still sitting in your garage or in your closet. Yeah. Luckily, it sounds like it was kind of smaller units. It wasn't something big that's taking up your whole house. But it, that's just a rough way to start. That's why we rarely start new students there. So proven Amazon course would never start you there. It sounds like you kind of jumped the gun a little bit. I just wanted to clarify 100%. that for folks. Yes. That, you know, you kind of jumped ahead 100%. a few steps. Yep. Uh, we love private label, but not for new sellers. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with that. And I, you know, uh, I was kind of just going with like, okay, I'll learn as I go. And you know, you learn the lessons that you learn the hard way when you lose money are you know the best learned lessons though. So. I th- you know took away what I could from that. Learned how to handle you know uh, IP complaints and removal orders and all that stuff. So I'll take the positive with it. You know it cost me a couple of bucks, but you know a lesson learned, which worked out. <laughs> uh, however, though, um, before I was able to get the inventory back, when they removed the IP complaint, I managed to sell like three of them, got sold, and I got away with it. And that luckily ungated me in a whole bunch of things. So that worked on worked out a little bit further down the road because I made That's my first awesome. couple of sales. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, a few sales got you some momentum. That happens right. sometimes. Amazon will say, hey, you need to pull all 50 of these off the shelf. And you say, okay, I'll pull them. And then between the time when you say, okay, pull them and send them back to me. And the five days later when they actually pull them, you get some sales. And we've actually yeah, sold out of stuff in that gap before too, <laughs> which is always fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I love it. So that got you ungated. That's cool. Yeah, so I mean, I helped out, and then um, so that didn't work out. You know, I was a little disheartened, but um, then continued with the course. At that point, I really had just done the Amazon one-on-one course and just got the basics of you know setting up the account and getting familiar with Seller Central and that kind of stuff. And then I started. That's when I got involved with the Facebook group and looking at all the courses and realized, okay, this the the replans model seems more my type. Since you know something that seems a little less risky, more stable. So started the Replans training, I think around July is when I started doing that course. And That's about six months ago, just to give people a timeline. Yep. Yeah, sorry. Okay. So about six months ago, started the replans course and stopped right after uh, the video for uh, 30 replans in 30 days because I figured, okay, let me pace myself and, you know, get it. And I think, um, you know, my story so far, I'm only six months in. And most of the people that you have on the show, I consider, you know, have been successful and doing great numbers, have, you know, I've been doing at it for a while and have you know figured it out a lot. I think my story so far, like I, I don't consider myself a success story yet, but I wanted to come on the show because I think you know still being green and new in the, in the uh, e-commerce industry, I think that some listeners can you know kind of listen to my pitfalls and things that I've been doing and could help out some of the new guys, some of the uh, obstacles that I'm facing. Absolutely, yeah. We hear all the time actually, Tom, from listeners, and they say, "Man, it's you know, it's, I don't feel like I'm one of those people yet with the you know mm-hmm. thirty thousand dollar a month." by month two, kind of, you know, just they feel almost intimidated by it. So one of the things I'm, I'm doing more intentionally with this show is people who are succeeding even at a smaller, smaller level, you know, the, the part-time right. kind of thing. And, you know, there's no, there's no shame in that. It's awesome that, you know, it's the trajectory that matters. It's the yep. legitimacy of the opportunity that matters. And I'm even having an episode here in a few weeks 
uh, I think it's coming up actually later this week where I'm going to record it with a couple of people who have never even done anything. They haven't bought the proven Amazon course yet. They haven't done anything. They haven't registered on Amazon. I'm just going to hear from them. What are the things you're skeptical about? I put out the call to the community. I need some skeptics. I need some people to really pick this apart. Like, hey, let's do an episode with them. They're considering it, but they haven't started yet. So I like mixing it up a little bit. But yeah, cool. there's no need to uh, apologize for your story versus someone else's. I mean, we're all at different stages. And I think right. this is going to be very useful to a good segment of our community that isn't used to hearing so, a yeah. story that's doesn't have as many commas and zeros yet as maybe yeah. some of the others. Well, I hope so. Yeah. So in, in, in regards to that statement, so the first thing that I did was I, you know, I watched the replens videos and said, okay, I'm going to go out and find me some replens. And, uh, you know, and I've seen this, a lot of newcomers that come on the Facebook group and, you know, had a similar experience. I go out into the stores and I could not find anything. I was so disheartened, you know, I was so, spent hours in a grocery store, in my local grocery store, just plugging away, doing the process and not finding anything. And, you know, going online, I, I spent like a good month and I found absolutely nothing. It was very disheartening. And I think like, Everybody goes through that. And it's really at that point where I, you know, could have said, okay, this is all, you know, malarkey and it's not going to work out for me. I'm not like these guys. I'm, the guy on the podcast says he can go into a store and find 75 replens in a day. And, you know, that blew my mind. And it's really that way you make that decision whether, okay, this isn't working out. I'm either going to quit or I'm going to figure out how it works because other people are doing it. And that's what I said. Okay. I said, okay, I'm going to go back to the videos. I'm going to go watch some other sourcing videos. I'm going to, maybe change the way that I search things and change the way that I'm looking for brand. Maybe I'll look for brands instead of doing individual items. And all of a sudden, slowly, the ASIN started rolling in. I started finding uh, more and more. And uh, I was like, you know, in August, end of August, September. August was like the month I didn't find anything at all. So my second month in, the ASIN started rolling in. And now, uh, I times, right there, you just said something profound. And there's an aha moment that has to happen for everybody. And I can say it till I'm blue in the face, but you just said it naturally. But I think if I could repeat what you just said and, and kind of capture it in a, in a short sentence, you stopped looking for products and you started looking for ASINs. Right. Based on, based on you know, brand searches and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Because everyone comes into this game thinking, I got to find some good products. I got to find some good products. I'm looking for products. You're not looking for products. You really aren't. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the replens game and even the Amazon game itself, you're looking for, for the most part, good ASINs. And let me just explain for the new people, what's Nason? What's the unique identifying code? It starts with B00 typically on just about every listing on Amazon. You can find it on the page if you're looking at something to shop. It's the identifying number for every product on Amazon. It could be a 12-pack. It could be a bundle. It could be anything else. But each unique listing has an ASIN assigned to it. You're looking for good ASINs and not looking for good products. And that's understanding that is what we try to pound into you through the replens model. Because it can be very frustrating looking... If you look at one product at a time and you maybe scan the barcode, you could look at 800 items and not find a winner. And that's frustrating. Definitely, 100%. I think uh, for the most part, a lot finding good ASINs and you know, matching them up with products, you know, maybe like 60 to 70% of the time for me is like finding a needle in a haystack. But then there's that 30% of the time that it's like shooting fish in a barrel. You find one good brand, you find one thing, and then you, know, you have those days where you pull in a bunch of ASINs and it's great. Yep. Definitely for sure. So that... Um, you know, and then things kind of just uh, started to snowball effect from there. You know, then, you know, my my first uh, September was my first thousand dollar month. And I was like, okay, let's, you know, double that up. And then October went up, you know, I doubled that. Then November, like almost tripled that. 
And from there, it's just been going, it's, it's been doing well. I'm having trouble keeping up with things. And also too, so now, you know, the plan with uh, Amazon in general, you know, I have, I have a good job. I have, you know, two master's degrees, you know, I get a ton of heat from my family and, you know, uh, well, you got all these degrees, what are you doing Amazon stuff for? And, you know, nobody wants to believe that it's working. Well, how can you sell it for that much? Things like that. And uh, sure. I think it, it's helpful for me because it's like, it'll be a backup. So I don't have to take on 10 students, 15, 20 students at a time and spread myself so thin. So I'm making enough money that, you know, the money that I want to make with something like the Amazon business, I'm able to take a few amount of cases, put more of my efforts and my uh, focus into a, a fewer number of students, excuse me. And uh, I think it benefits everybody. Like I'm, I'm able to perform a lot better. I'm able to serve the, the families and the community, the people that I'm working with a lot better. And, you know, when things get slow, I could rely on the Amazon business. Like right now, so in October, I got uh, a couple offers for some new students and booked up. So I'm working like 30 hours a week with my students. And it's all, um, I do, I go to like homes and schools and stuff. So that includes driving time. So it's a, it's a busy schedule, but I'm still finding, you know, I'm, it's, I'm working maybe an extra 10 hours a month to keep the business going. Uh, sourcing has slowed down a lot because that's really the most time consuming part of it. But um, just ca- keeping up with the ASINs, I think I only have like 65 active ASINs maybe right now. And it's plenty. I'm just, you know, struggling just to keep up with those as they're selling, you know, they're good ASINs. And, you know, as I'm rolling along, I'm just learning the lessons. I'm, you know, uh, recently tested out uh, when, well, I think you call them uh, margin monsters or people that come in and lo- drop the price and dump it out. And you think that your ASIN is lost and all. I just waited out like a month or two. They sold out of inventory and whatever clearance or sale that they bought the inventory from is over. And the price came back up and we're good to go again. You know, when it first hit you, you're like, oh my God, this was such a good ASIN. It was selling and you know, I'm never going to sell it again and I got to drop the price to get rid of it. And you don't, you can just wait it out, keep that higher price and it'll come back. Some of them, yeah. some of them I did lose, you know, uh, this month I, I lost, uh, two great ASINs that, uh, the, just the, the, uh, supplier raised the price a little bit and knocked out my profits, uh, or, you know, the supplier ran out of stock and I'm, I don't know if they're going to restock again, but you know, I think, I think patience is the key in, uh, this industry and pretty in any industry from, for the most part. Yeah, for sure. And, and tell me a little bit more about how you found those good ASINs once you... Because I think a lot okay. of people can relate to that part of the story where you were right. frustrated. Mm-hmm. But suddenly you've got 65 good products. Like right. it happened pretty fast. Were you in stores? Yeah. Were you on Amazon? What What were you doing? So uh, I really haven't done... Uh, I haven't done a lot of re- reverse sourcing. So I haven't gone from Amazon to um, you know finding the suppliers. Uh, I did have uh, the benefit. I got hooked up with a good uh, hardware wholesaler here in New York. And even when I first got went that, I tried to go product for product through their website and I wasn't finding anything and figured, okay, I got to switch my style up. And I just went on to Amazon and typed in the brand name. I went through what brands does this uh, place carry? And you type in a brand name, go through a couple of pages. You see, you know, most of the bigger brands, Amazon is on every listing. So that's not going to work out. But I hit this one brand that Amazon wasn't on. And I think I have like 10 ASINs from that one brand from this one hardware store and they're doing great and they're selling. And you know, you find little niches that uh, work out. So really going from just searching the brand and seeing, like you said, what ASINs are good. Okay, I see this product has a good rank and it has a good price. Does my supplier carry this product? And then I would search for that product as opposed to taking the product and searching for the product on Amazon. I took the product from a listing and searched for it on the company website and was fine. And then all of a sudden they thought all these good products were popping up that I wasn't finding originally. Beautifully said. I love it. And you're, I, I take it you're running it through Keepa. You're looking at Keepa to see if it's a good fit. Yep. Right. Learned, learned that the, uh, 
the rank is not as important as you think it is. It's Keepa yeah. is what matters, 100%. The drops, counting the drops each month, that's part of the repeats right. training. It's not complicated. You feel like you're looking at a complex heart EKG the first time you see a Keepa chart, but <laughs> yeah. there's really only a few data points you're looking at that really tell you a, a, a beautiful story. And for those who don't know what we're talking about, go back and listen to episode 369. I really dive into why we love Keepa. Very inexpensive, 20 bucks a month or so. And there's people with seven-figure businesses in our community. That's the only tool they use. The only paid tool they use in their business. Is That's that. all I'm using right now. Yeah, 100%. Pretty go. much the, the process simply is, you know, I see a listing. If And either rank, like if it's lower than a million, I'll usually take a look at it. Even sometimes I take a look at it anyway, because it doesn't hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, you see, you see a, a product under a brand that I know one of my suppliers carries and check to keep a graph compared to the number of sellers that there are. Keep it looks good. Price looks good. I'll, come, I'll see if my supplier has that product. And then, you know, you do your uh, FBA calculator, see what your profit could potentially be. Um, something to consider that I didn't consider, uh, first off, was that price changes do fluctuate. It's good, you know, you get more sales when you fluctuate. So it's good to keep in mind, you know, a minimum profit that you're willing to accept. So, you know, when I when I look at it, I say, okay, this has a 100% profit and how much money is that? And if I drop down the price, you know, a couple of dollars or however, whatever percentage, you know, what am I, how much am I willing to come down to still take a profit and mm-hmm. be happy with the profit that I'm taking? Uh, I also, yeah, there was a lot of uh, grocery items that I had found originally that, you know, I got them cheap and, you know, it was 100% ROI, but it was only like two bucks. So after you're putting that in a poly bag and shipping it out, you know, the effort isn't really worth, you know, you got, I got to sell, you know, 500, 1,000 of these things to make any real money off of it. So um, you mature as you, uh, you know, as you're selling and you mature with the products that you're selecting and what your margin should be, how much money you should be making. But that's when I moved up. So I was selling this one item singly, making two, three bucks on it, not that great. But if I sold it as a three pack, now I got, now I'm making, you know, making 100% margin, but the three pack is $8 and I make, you know, $8 back on it, which is good. And I also have room to come down. I'd be happy with making $4 on it if I had to drop 50% of that off. Gotcha. Now, you, did you create a new listing for a three-pack or was there one already there and you jumped on it? There were ones already there. I haven't uh, created any new listings yet. Yeah, I'm actually... You, um, you may not ever have to. You know, again, we've got yeah. seven-figure replin businesses that have never created a listing, people in our community. You don't have to create new listings. You just find ones where the product, the ASIN is selling at a nice profit. You can get the product at... Typically, the rule of thumb is about 30% of whatever it's selling for on Amazon. As a general rule is going to be worth looking at. Maybe in, if you get into higher price points, if it's selling for half, if you can buy it for half of what it's selling for, if it's selling for 200 bucks and you can source it for 100, yeah, it's probably worth playing around with, you know, yeah. as you get some of those higher price points. Yeah, well, good stuff. Well, give us a little bit more detail on your numbers if you don't mind. Right. You've shared some. I know we're, you're just a few short months into your journey. So hopefully people appreciate this. This isn't another, you know, seven-figure year one. I mean, you've only been at, going at it hard for three months, but... I like the trajectory that you're on and, and, uh, you know, give people a realistic picture. How much work is this? What kind of money is it so far? So last month, uh, store did, uh, almost $9,000 in sales. My goal was 8,000 in sales. And, uh, we got up to like 8,700, which was fantastic. I blew my goal out of the water. And, uh, this month I already have over 6,000. It's looking like I'm going to do like 10 or 12 K this month. Yeah, which is fantastic. And the beauty of replans, it doesn't matter what time of the year it is. No, yeah, absolutely not. And that's, I mean, sales have amped up a little, like some of the clothing items and stuff I sell, you know, have amped up a little bit. And you can tell that, you know, it's because of you know, Q4. But most of the stuff that I have is a lot, I got a lot of hardware stuff and that's just selling yeah. all the time anyway. 
Right. It doesn't matter what time of year it is. So uh, we're definitely going to break the goal of uh, 10K this month. I'm work, I'm looking at around 20 to 25% of that is profit, which yes. is you know, fantastic. But I definitely want to make, uh, you know, as the business is growing, you know, what's nice is I'm not putting any more money into the business, but I'm not really putting that much money back in my pocket because as I find more ASINs and, you know, the, you te- I'm testing out a couple this month and they did good. So next month, I'm, you know, I'm not buying four of them. I'm buying 10, 20 of them. So the money's going right back into the business, but I'm I'm approaching that point where you know the uh, everything I do on a on a business credit card where you know the Amazon payouts are going to go over what the balance on the credit card is very soon, probably within the next three months or so. I'm going to start you know putting money into my pocket and the business will be running itself beyond beyond that as well, which is fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah, maybe hire a shopper at that point, hire a prepper, start to scale, yeah. finding more ASINs with your time, and then. Hiring someone, you know, get a virtual assistant maybe from our team that finds ASINs for you, which is maybe a step that makes sense at some point. Thinking, you know, three six months out, but okay. yeah, you've you've definitely got a trajectory. You've got a scalable model. You've got proof of concept. And did I hear you right? You said you're working about ten hours a month. Yeah, just around about ten hours a month. You know, um, I'm doing like on on my lunch break. I stop uh, on my way home uh, for lunch. I'll stop at a store and pick up a bunch of inventory, and you know. At that time after work, while I'm hanging out watching yeah. TV, we're putting it in bags, we're labeling it. You know, my girlfriend helps out, helps me yeah. out a lot. Uh, not a bad so, kid. Yeah, no, not at all. And you know, it's an opportunity. Uh, my sister is a single mother, and you know, she's always looking for extra cash. So I say, hey, you ever want to come over? She's she's great at packing. You know, I got the bubble wrap set up for you. And uh, mind you, I should also mention that I'm doing all of this out of a one bedroom apartment. Nice. Where, where did you say you are? You're, you said Man- Staten Island, New York, New York City. Staten Island, but uh, Staten Island, so not not as uh, cityish as Manhattan, but you know. I can I can see Manhattan from my window out behind. Gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. Somehow I knew. <laughs> I yeah. you said Staten Island. I heard Manhattan. I guess they're yeah. not, too, not too far apart. Yeah. Yeah, well, so you know, if I'm doing my math correctly, 10k sales, 25k net, $2,500 profit, $10 there, 10 hours a week. You're making about 250 bucks an hour in your gig right now, man. That's yeah. not bad. That's fantastic. <laughs> it's it's better it's better money than my hour hourly rate that I get with my job that requires two master's degrees. So yeah. Yeah, two hundred fifty bucks an hour ain't too shabby. I mean, that's a um, you know you translate out that's about a half million dollar a year business if you went full time with it and Definitely. you continue to do things the way you are. Which there's no reason to suspect you wouldn't. And that's half a million in your pocket, by the way. You know, yeah. if I'm doing my math right, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty close there. So yeah, you're really onto something, man. Yeah, the, the future looks bright. I'm at that part, like you said, where I got to look into you know scaling and getting some help and you know working on. But right right now, like the level that it's at is fantastic, and I'm doing it. Pretty much by myself. So mm-hmm. it, this is a hundred percent doable. You know, if you live alone or you got a couple of friends helping you out, or you know, you're in a one-bedroom yeah. apartment or a studio apartment, this is doable. Yeah. Hey, business building warrior. Sorry for the quick interruption. Just wanted to make sure and remind you about our tremendous sponsor, payoneer.com. If you need funding, up to seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars flexible repayment terms, no credit check. They love Amazon and Walmart sellers. They want to help you grow. Payoneer.com slash funding for 10% off the fees. Be sure to tell them we sent you. All right, let's get back to the show. This is 100% doable. You know, if you live alone or you got a couple of friends helping you out or, you know, you're in a one bedroom apartment or a studio apartment, this is doable. Yeah. Let me run something past you, Tom, because you hear, you know, we hear it all the time on this show, people who've been doing it for months. And sometimes I think, the response when they hear what I'm about to say from some of the listeners is, well, easy for them to say, 
But you're only a few months into this. I want to see how this strikes you, this statement, okay? See how true you think this is. The challenge of this business quickly transitions from, I can't find anything to sell, to I got to build systems because this stuff is everywhere. <laughs> Where are you at on that trend? Like, you know, speak honest and open. I'm not, there's not an answer I'm going for because it is, you know, it, you grow into that, I think. Right. And I'm just wondering where you are on the spectrum of, man, I wish I could find more product versus this is going to be all about building a system because product is everywhere. Where are you at on that scale? I am at the point right in the middle where I need to start building some systems because it's getting a little overwhelming for sure. Yeah. It, and I'm, you can see where the product really is kind of everywhere is what you're saying, right? Yeah. 100%. You know, you, it's, um, when you get out of that mindset of looking for items that you think are popular, you know, when I'm going in the store, um, I think I've heard you mention it on the podcast, you know, you see a brand and you're like, I've never heard of that brand. This is new. I need to check this out. And then you look and you're like, oh, this brand's got some good ASINs on it. You know, it's not those, you know, the, I'm, I can't even think of a big brand that pops in my mind, but you know, like Pepsi or something, you know, something that you know sells a lot. You know that everybody else knows that that sells a lot. And if there are any listings, either Amazon's gotten on it or, you know, other people have. And, you know, you, you avoid when you're out shopping and sourcing and looking for things. You avoid those big brands because you know that you know you might find something in there, but most likely you're not gonna. And you start to get an eye for things that are you know, and you and like you said, they're everywhere. Yeah, it's a, yeah, little, it's a little bit more difficult. I think I think in New York City, you know, some of the smaller stores and local mom and pop stop, uh, shops, they price everything a lot higher. Like I know, like uh, my mother uh, used to live out in Pennsylvania, and she's down in Florida now. And some of the stores there have definitely cheaper items for sure. But you know, it's everywhere, even, even in New York City. If I could find profitable items here in New York, anybody and anywhere else in the country can find them. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. And a few thoughts are popping in my head as I'm listening to you talk to some real practical tips for folks. And I want to hear what you have for folks as well too. But I'm curious, uh, you know, you mentioned your mom down in Florida. Have her going to some stores that are like regional. You no, know, Florida's got a several regionals, you know, Southeast, yeah. stores you don't see anywhere else. Take some pictures of some store shelves, do some research. Maybe have your mom, she can send stuff in from there if she's interested in making a little extra money, just as an idea. Mm -hmm. uh, because one of the things I know is like when I go on vacation, say to Florida or to another state, and I'll go into very familiar stores, Kroger, Walmart, whatever, or, or maybe even another retail store that carries brands I'm familiar with. And I can walk down an aisle now because I've been doing this for a few years and see stuff I recognize. And something I don't recognize just jumps off the shelf at me. And but without even looking, I can go, I bet that's a good replan because... I've been in a lot of stores. I've seen a lot of products. I haven't seen that before. And sure enough, about half the time, it's like, wow, yep, it's a good product. So yeah, that's, that's just a couple ideas for you. And as, as you're uh, going through research, like what kind of, how are you researching now? Do you find yourself in stores a lot or are you doing more like online? How do you spend well, your time when you're looking for A little for bit of both. Definitely a little bit of both. I've noticed that um, I make a lot more mistakes when I'm doing it in store. I like to take pictures and then just go home and sort it out there. You know, jumping between screens and apps and stuff on my phone. You know, I, I like to uh, double check myself because then I'll get, I'll get home and buy a bunch of stuff and realize, okay, this oh, was the wrong ASIN or it was, the, it was the wrong size. Like little tiny details that you're not measuring because, you know, maybe you're a little nervous standing around in the store or, you know, you want to you know, get off your feet uh, People don't want to spend hours and hours in the store, which I've done, but I, I find that I'm a lot more successful just taking pictures of the aisles and then itemizing it going one by one through the products. And, you know, when I see a good brand, uh, I've definitely, um, like you said, focused into, you know, which brands I think would be more profitable. And those are the ones that I take pictures of. So I've lessened my time in the store 
and you know, I'm focusing more time on things that I uh, would feel. I think like um, like anything, the more that you do it, the better that you get at it. The more you know, you get an eye for things. It's just it comes it comes with experience. Like anything, I don't think anybody's going to be able to take the course and then just go out and be able to find things like crazy. I think everybody has to go through that initial period because, you know, it's just something that you learn. I could, I could watch 100 videos on uh, how to play a guitar, but I'm not going to learn. I'm not going to get that muscle memory until I stop playing a guitar. And it's the same thing inside your brain while you're working with looking for products. I think it's similar. That is a great analogy. You know, I can't remember what book it was. It talks about the 10,000 hour rule. Do you, do you remember? You know what book I'm talking about? Basically, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. If you want to be an expert at something, it's going to take 10,000 hours. Yeah. I'm not saying it's going to take 10,000 hours to get good at replens, but I am saying I've talked to a lot of people that give up about five or 10 hours in. <laughs> like, you know, you haven't yeah. given this a shot yet. You're still thinking, you're looking at major brands and you're scanning, you know, a can of peanut butter and you're scanning a can of or a bottle of ketchup and like, there's no profit here. This is selling for two bucks on Amazon. How can you make mm-hmm. any money with, you know, so you haven't given this a fair shake yet, um, which is why we just bombard people with success stories. I want to revisit something we just hit too, because I was kind of thinking through our, the rule of thumb we kind of established is if you've never rec- if you don't recognize the brand, it might be a good one. Well, there's a lot of brands we sell that are very recognized. Like everybody who's listening right yep. now would recognize the brand. And mm-hmm. I just wanted to point that out. There's so much low-hanging fruit out there right now. Like there's 12 packs of soda that any of us could go right now to any retail store near us and grab the 12-pack case and make six, seven bucks a sale. I mean, there's a lot of opportunity out there. Now, those are the ones that tend to, you know, the, the price tends to drop for you suddenly. Like yesterday, there was 10 of us selling it and we're doing pretty good. And in the next day, there's 40 of us. So I'm like, well, okay, it went away. We made money while we could for three or four months. You know, so ideally, you're getting those ASINs that have the long lifespan to them. And that's kind of one of the next phases of growth too, Tom, for your sake and for some of the listeners. Once you've kind of got this replin game down pat and you're selling stuff that pretty much anyone willing to research could kind of go find. Well, then you want to start stepping into that territory where you're protecting some ASINs that are only yours, like a bundle that belongs only to you or a wholesale relationship that no one else, it's some kind of exclusive wholesale relationship where there's only two or three sellers allowed to sell this products kind of thing. You know, you start stepping into that territory is kind of a next step up. And we've got that content created and coming for our students. But there's also plenty of people that have, you know, Oscar pops in my head, a seven-figure business, he and his wife just hustling, using Keepa. What we just talked about today, he would nod his head this whole show and go, yep, yep, that's what we do. Yep, pretty much. Except we, instead of doing it 10 hours a month, he's probably doing it 10 hours a day, you know? But that's what's possible with this model. And uh, yeah, I'm enjoying just hearing this perspective. Fairly new seller. You've got a lot of confidence about it. You're a professional. You obviously understand what you've gotten yourself into. And I appreciate your reflection on it. What is some of the tips that you might have for some of the listeners, some of the lessons that you've learned early on or any advice if maybe someone's skeptical or or just some things you've learned that might be useful for all of us? Okay, so you know like like I said, you know earlier and like you've mentioned, you know, I'm I'm very new. I'm not at all an authority on, you know, anything Amazon related and there's still there's still I'm only 6 months in and you know doing those kind of numbers and there's still so much to learn. So I think the biggest key that I've found above anything is persistence. Like I like I had said earlier, you know, when you hit speed bumps, it doesn't mean that it's not going to work out. It just means you got to change up what you're doing a little bit. You got to figure out what what it is that you're doing that's not working. And if it's not working, change it up until you find something that is working. And it's sometimes you got to knock on the door more than once, twice, three times until you find something that is working. And persistence is key. And and just understand that, you know, um, 
people are doing it. People like me, people, you know, that come on the show, it's, it's doable. People are figuring it out. So if we're figuring it out, you can figure it out and just, you know, keep up and go back to the videos, go do your research, find other ways to get to your goal. And if you're persistent, you'll, you'll reach it. Yeah. I absolutely believe it as well. And Every time I think, well, maybe this, you know, maybe this person actually isn't equipped to do this business. I find someone who's less qualified, you know, less motivated, less, if you're, if you're persistent and you're willing to do the steps, it's not expensive. Uh, There's a reason we focus so hard. I think if you went back and we've got over 400 podcast episodes, and if you look at the last two years, 90% of them are on this theme, this model, because it's just so predictable. There's nothing else that I see out there. If we discover other business models that are this predictable, we'll absolutely teach them. But we just there's nothing else out there like this. And so I'm glad you found our community, man. I'm I'm glad we uh, were able to make the connection. Have any plans for that closet full of uh, toys? What are you going to do with those? <laughs> well, I mean, right now it's making a great Christmas gift for all my students. You know, anytime <laughs> and you know other family members that have kids and stuff, it's easy to go to throw out. Um, I, I eventually might pursue a private label and see if I can get into a niche of, you know, sensory toys and stuff that goes along with yeah. autism related things. Cause I kind of got my uh, ear to the grindstone for that. Uh, nose to the ground, whatever that saying is, I definitely screwed that up. But uh, yeah. in well, general, you know, I would say it was a, it was a good lesson. And that's kind of how you couched it before. And I don't, I don't necessarily see it as a mistake long-term because you know a lot more about it than you did before. And you're a guy who's positioned, you know, you just look at your credentials and your experience. People are paying you money to help them with pretty significant challenges that they have in their life. There's potential there for just to kind of transition this episode, maybe into a final couple of minutes here of a, of a conversation. But I'd like to encourage you to you know, create content if you aren't. And you know, here's what I know. Here's what I do. You've read a lot of books, done a lot of, you know, seen a lot of cases and families and, you know, the, um, you, you didn't say occupational therapy. What'd you call it? What do you? It's, uh, it's applied behavioral analysis. It's called ABA. Behavioral analysis. I've heard yeah. the term before. Okay. Uh, for some reason, occupational therapy popped in my head. We're playing in the same arena, but yeah, we yeah. I work with you, a lot of OT. you know your stuff in this arena, and I would encourage you just well spoken, obviously intelligent, motivated, creative. I don't know. Have you ever given some thought to creating some content in this niche, kind of independent? Well, yeah. I mean, long term, what was kind of like a, a realization that I had as to kind of like why. I'm doing this Amazon considering all the other experience that I have, um, you know, just sitting around one day packing stuff up, putting, you know, majority of the work that I do is I'm just putting stuff in bags. I'm putting the labels on it. It's super easy. And I was like, you know what? Long-term I could scale this. I could have a warehouse or a place where I could hire individuals with disabilities. I could have people on the spectrum come and, you know, the autism spectrum is such a wide range of, you know, capabilities. I have um, a couple of former students that I know are complete computer wizards, and they could probably source items online a hundred times better than I could. And, <laughs> That's right. You know, and there are kids that can come in. You could, you could do job training easily. A lot of the stuff that I did at my uh, old school that I worked at was, you know, we had them practice like putting labels on letters and putting the mail in letters and mm-hmm. shredding paper and stuff like that. And it's all applicable. To this. So I think long-term, it, it would be a great opportunity to give back to the community and have, you know, a place that individuals with disabilities can get jobs and come, you know, be active members of a, a thriving business and earn paychecks and things like that. And uh, part of what I do as a behavior analysis is we take complex skills and complex behaviors and we break them down into what we call a task analysis. So it gets broken down into easier steps. So if, you know, you're going to teach someone to brush their teeth, first you teach them how to take the cap off of the toothbrush and mm-hmm. then they get their toothbrush and, you know, step by step, 
Mm-hmm. And that's very applicable to everything that goes into, you know, the Amazon business from sourcing to packaging to, yeah. you know, everything involved. So I could definitely see myself creating some, you know, content like a checklist just, you know, to go through for sourcing or a checklist for packing, you know, things like that. Definitely a possibility. That's fantastic. I love, I love hearing you say that as, as you're describing it. I feel like you're kind of describing our son, Ty. He's 19, works in our warehouse a few days a week. That's great. And he is by far our most meticulous, organized, strategic, you know, yeah. he, he came from a challenging beginning. We adopted him from an orphanage in China as an infant and some challenges that you can imagine, you know, you've, you've probably seen some adoptive situations, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's hard to have a healthy childhood if your first year and a half are in an unhealthy environment, right? So, you know, you get some challenges there, but uh, man, it just, he just thrives in that meticulous environment that's required yeah. to do this right. And some of us have personalities. I mean, you want to drive me insane, put me in that room and make me pack and ship all day. But he yeah. thrives, loves it, improves the process, makes suggestions, catches expiration dates that the rest of us have all missed, yeah. that sort of thing, right? <laughs> yeah, and, this uh, thing's off. And I know nobody else is going to see it in a pile of a hundred of them, but they'll see that one thing oh, that's he, off. He, he, know about he it. sees an anomaly so fast. <laughs> and it just, yep. it is, he's meticulous by nature. He just thrives, yep. like I said, in that environment. So yeah, you're really onto something there. But even beyond that, I'd like to encourage you, you know, create content, share your story, some YouTube videos, this journey that you're on of kind of combining entrepreneurship and helping special needs families find their way and you know, developing children who may have a pretty limited window of opportunity to what all they can do in life. You know, I mean, we'd like to say we could prepare them for anything, but, you know, realistically, they've got a smaller window than the rest of us in some cases, but hey, here's some things that do work. So yeah. I would say, share your story, man. And because uh, I'm inspired by it. I think a lot of others would be as well. And um, have, have you ever created like YouTube content or a channel for? I have not, but I do have an undergrad in TV video production. So it could easily be done. There you go, man. Mm-hmm. This was a moment of you'll point back someday and go, this gym dude encouraged me to make some videos. I've seen it happen over and over again. Yeah. I'll, sh- I'll share with you uh, a quick story as an example, actually. Have you uh, ever heard of Wampler pedals by any chance? No. Highly doubt you have. If you were a serious musician, you probably would though. So I uh, had a friend of mine, this has been for what, over 15 years ago, we were buying some rental houses. We, we set up a little company, bought some rental houses together. We were fixing them up. I'm up on the roof. I don't know what I'm doing with a hammer, but he does. He's a construction guy. His name's Brian. And my e-commerce business is starting to take off. And he's learning. We're talking, having conversations. He's like, you know, I want to do some with the e-commerce. You think I should build websites? You think I should do this to that? And I'm like, you know, what are some, what are your hobbies, man? You're into music and guitar pedals, right? Like, you know what a guitar pedal is? You crack it open, um, or sorry, you, you, guitarists, electric guitars, you plug in and you, you know, make your guitar sound cool ways. Well, he liked cracking them open as a hobby and changing them, making them sound cool and different. So local bands in the area would go to him, pay him 50 bucks. And he got he kept pretty good flow of business coming through his, his uh, garage that way, making a little bit of money. So the encouragement I gave him is kind of nothing more than what I've kind of told you today was, hey, you've got kind of a special, unique story and situation. Why don't you just film it, throw it on YouTube and see what happens, right? Well, he did. And jump forward 15 years, it's one of the Cadillac brands of guitar pedals in the world. (laughs) And he's invited like backstage to all the big, you know, country music events. He's worked one-on-one with Brad Paisley. They talk to each other all the time. And uh, he's got pedals named after Paisley. It's just because he's put his content out there and said, Hey, this might resonate with some people. Let's see what happens next. And it just exploded. And I can't take any credit for that story other than I'm the guy that gave him a nudge to do something he probably would have done eventually anyway. But the story still stands as a great example of, you know, what, you know, 
put some content out there. What's uh, you know what's it hurt? Maybe attract just a few new clients. Maybe instead of just being you, you've got a you got an office now with five or six other you know, therapists that work under you or something. But you're perceived as an expert when you create content, or better yet, write a book. Right? Yeah. Just definitely. encouraging you, man. All, all great ideas. All, all things that I've out. thought about. Yeah, definitely good advice. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate appreciate you putting up with my soapbox moment. But anytime I see someone who's articulate and comfortable and confident in what it is, they, the story they have to tell, and if they're not comfortable and confident, I encourage them, you got to get comfortable and confident. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, another quick story, Nancy Alexander was another student of ours and she refused to get on camera. She made wreaths, uh, decorative wreaths, like you hang on your door for Christmas and Easter and stuff. And she just wanted to make them and sell them 80 bucks a pop on eBay. I'm like, you've got to film yourself. You've got to film yourself. I pushed and pushed, but she finally did. Now she's like the content queen of the universe for women who work at home and make decorative items, you know, to sell on Etsy or eBay. And, and she's just got a huge following because she finally just bit the bullet and created content. So that's, you know, there's a couple example stories for you, but Hopefully that encourages you or the listeners too, as I'm keeping them in mind. But right. and Tom, it's been great hanging out with you. I loved your lesson about persistence. I think that's spot on. Was there any other little bits of wisdom you want to drop from your you know three to six month journey so far? Something yeah. that uh, might be useful for the listeners. No pressure. Just didn't want to yeah. cut you off. No, besides uh, persistence and you know keep going, you can do it. Sheesh, you know, I'm still I'm still learning. There's always there's I guess the, the one lesson. Another lesson is that there's always more to learn. Don't ever yeah. think that you you got it down pat. I mean, you, you know, there's always more to learn, more things to explore. You know, uh, I think that you said, um, you know, do things that you're not comfortable with. Stretch your boundaries. If you're uncomfortable with standing in the store for a couple of hours, go stand in the store for a couple of hours. Get out of that comfort zone because that's where growth happens. You're right. Another good example for that being getting out of your comfort zone is a lot of people like, I don't want to go ask for the store manager and ask for a discount if I've got four shopping carts. <laughs> like, yeah. no, do it. Do it anyway. You'll be amazed. How friendly they are. They want your business. Get into a conversation with them and get 20% off the whole order for the day. You know, that's a lot of money in your pocket. You can, those kind of things happen. Worst case scenario is they say no. If you're going to be successful in business, you got to be confident and comfortable with the word no, using it and hearing it. (laughs) Get used to it. If you go through life avoiding the word no, you're going to lead a disastrous life. Business is going to be very difficult. Uh, yeah, that's something something that I'm still struggling with. You know, it's it's interesting that you know a large part of my job in teaching is building relationships. Going, I'm always going to a, a new house, a new home. You got to learn meet the whole family and get comfortable with all these people. And I have no problem doing it. Reaching out for a business relationship, I'm still a little bit shy. I'm still kind of easing myself into it and trying to break out of my comfort zone. There, you know, to send out an email to somebody to try to get an account with a wholesaler or something like that. You know, because I guess you know you're less confident because it's not something that I'm establishing. It's not something I've done. You know, but the way that I got comfortable in teaching and the way that I got comfortable with dealing with people in that sense was just by jumping into the water. And that's how I learned how to swim, you know? That's right. And I think you naturally see the value that you bring to the scenarios with the families that you're dealing with. Yeah. Like you feel val- like, yes, I know that I have something that can help you. And you're yeah, I'm here to help. Comfort, so it's easier. Right? Yeah. But you're still kind of feeling your way in this e-commerce. But once you're confident there, that you're not asking this manager for a discount so he can do a favor just for you. You're saying, hey, well, let's establish a long-term mutually beneficial arrangement here. Right? It's good for him too. If you're going to be coming yeah. in a lot, bringing more business, you know, you guys are going to be doing things together that help his business and help your business. It's a mutually beneficial thing. So once you get that confidence of, of I'm providing value here, I'm not just asking for a favor, I'm truly providing value to that wholesaler, to that other opportunity you're pursuing, the manager. Uh, that's when I think you kind of get that boldness like makes yeah. sense to ask. I'm doing him a favor. I think one thing that I'm worried about with in some instances is um, 
you know, running into a store manager and finding out that the store is not reseller friendly. Mm-hmm. And then am I screwing up a good thing that I got going already by hey, trying to reach for that. more? Let's talk about that. Because if I'm in a store and I'm kind of doing something that they're not going to ultimately be happy with me doing, I would propose that maybe you shouldn't be doing it or maybe you should be doing it in a different way. Because the value of the positive relationship will far outweigh any kind of get in, get out type of arrangement. What I mean by that is you could find them saying something like, well, we'd prefer you not clear in the shelf if you don't mind, but could you let us know what you need? We'll happily place orders and give you 10% off because that helps our bottom line. We actually get a, you know, a rebate once a quarter for the volume of sales. So how about you just email us your order and we'll have it in the back for you every Wednesday, right? So the value of the relationship can very quickly replace and go far past just kind of the get in, get out, you know, wear your, your shades and your fake mustache. The, mas- the mask help, yeah. <laughs> you know, so it just as an encouragement, I've seen it time. I've been doing this long enough. I know the value of those relationships is the asset. The product itself, those kind of come and go. But those relationships just grow and build over time when you handle them the right way. So I'd encourage you, you know, if you're kind of getting in and getting out, hoping that it will be opportunity last, go ahead and have a, have a chat anyway. And I think you'll be surprised how often you know, the only exception I can think of is Target. <laughs> Target yeah, doesn't like reselling. We know a lot of people just get in, get out. But I'll tell you this, the Target three miles from me on more than one occasion, I've gone in and I've said, hey, if I cleared this shelf, this is a this is 100% true story. Now, my daughter was a little younger when I took her with me to do this. But so I had my, she'd have been like 10th time, nine or 10. This is four or five years ago. They had this big set of um, winter was coming and all the life jackets were on sale. They must've had 80 life jackets, right? And here, in the, no one swims in the winter in Indiana. So all the life jackets are on sale, like 60% off. I said, hey, manager, could I get these, you know, like marked down if I clear the shelf here? Absolutely no way under no circumstances. If it's discounted, you're not going to get another penny off around here, mister. So I went back again. This time I had my daughter with me. And I don't know if that made a difference or not, but I went back again. There's the shelf, all the same. And I just asked for the manager again. It was a different manager. And I said, hey... Could I do this if I took them all? Said the same thing. And they said, absolutely. Great to see you. Would love to have this shelf space cleared. <laughs> sure enough, like a 20% discount on top of the 60. Took them all home and sold them all. A great profit. So even at those stores that kind of have that reputation of pushback, there's going to be different managers, different days, different moods. You know, It's a sweet talk and have a good conversation. And I like to buy the cashier a candy bar. And you know, hey, what's your favorite candy bar? Thanks for bringing all this up for me today. You know, What do you want? It's on me. You know, so those relationships, they're going to carry you further than kind of that, like, you know, get in, get out with your collar pulled up and your shades on kind of, you know, (laughs) it's worth it. It's worth the shot. Some advice from a guy who's been doing it a while. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right, Tom. Well, man, it's been great hanging out with you, buddy. That was a great interview. Yeah. Thank you. It's, uh, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. We'll we'll have you back a year from now when you're hitting that, uh, you know, what's the goal, man? Let's say, you know, a year from now, we have you back. What would you like to be saying, uh, you know, as far as uh, your business? What do you that, um, that I've scaled and I got, you know, I have people working for me and, you know, things are, I'm, I'm more, I've taken a step back from the day-to-day operations and, uh, you know, I'm successfully having other people uh, fulfill the jobs and everything's getting done. And hopefully, you know, I've hired people that need the, the money and I'm helping, uh, my, yeah. I'm using my business to help out other people as well. Yeah, as blending those pocket. two worlds together is going to be a beautiful picture. Yeah. For sure. All right, Definitely. man. Well, Merry Christmas to you, Tom. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to everybody listening. Definitely.
Thank you. And, and some people will be listening to this well after Christmas, but Tom's room's all decorated nice. If you're seeing us yeah, on you YouTube, see, you know yeah. what I'm talking about. He's got the, <laughs> he's got the uh, Christmas penguin there in the background. But, but uh, let me talk to the listeners for here just a second. Uh, for all the business building warriors out there, I hope you enjoyed hanging out with Tom and I today. I had a great time. I learned a lot. I hope you did too. And just so you know, we're in your corner. We're here for you. We've got a great free Facebook group with about 70,000 people in it. Come join in. Great guys like Tom in there. Tens of thousands of Amazon sellers around the world encouraging each other, equipping each other for success. Come be a part of it. If you're not yet, I think you'll really enjoy it. You can scroll through hundreds of success testimonial posts as well just to give yourself a boost that, yeah, this is possible. I can do this. So thanks for hanging out with us today. God bless all the business building warriors. We'll have another great episode like this again for you real soon. Talk to you then. Hey, before I go, one last reminder, Payoneer.com, a tremendous sponsor of this show. You can get 10% off your first fees by going to Payoneer.com slash funding. Tell them you came from our program. They're going to take good care of you. Up to $750,000 for Amazon and Walmart sellers. Hey, if you're needing some funding with some good flexible payback terms with no credit check, you're going to love these guys. Go check them out. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit silentgym.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.